Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Let me take a coffee break. I sound really loud to me. Do, you, do I sound good out there? Okay, thank you. Thank you for the input. Tanner's shaking his head back there. Praise the Lord. I wanted to, because uh, we're, we're still early on in the year here, I wanted to um, take some time and, and talk about uh, vision and mission, purpose uh, for the church. I feel like every time I, I kind of say that and get off into it, you know, people start to check out on me like, man, I was really in need, you know, of, of a word for me this morning, and here you are going to talk about vision and purpose uh, for the church. But, but, but before you check out, let me say that, uh, that this is really for you, uh, because you are the church, uh, because the, the church is a, is, is a gathering of people. And so when we talk about vision and mission and purpose for the church, we're talking about vision and mission and purpose for the gathering of God's people. That, that gathering of God's people in that place where they have chosen to, to come together and obey that instruction and fellowship and encourage one another and worship together and hear the word of the Lord together. That, that is people gathered together it's a gathering of, of not only people, but I know this is, you know, I know you know this, but just to help, think, help us think this through, it's a gathering of individual persons. And each individual person makes up the church, and each individual uh, person holds a very important part in the vision, mission, uh, purpose of that gathering of persons of uh, that church. Uh, so, so each one of us, as the church, uh, serve to fulfill the vision, mission, purpose of the church. And, and this is incredibly important uh, for us as uh, individuals. Um, this, is, this is important uh, because purpose is such an important part of our, of our overall need, of our overall makeup. And, and when it's missing, then something that is necessary is missing and we're off because of it. Like an uh, uh, example, um, you know, Elizabeth, who's in kids right now, she likes to, you know, she loves to run and jump and play. And uh, as all my kids do, and she loves to play basketball. And man, she, she's, on the, she's on the Greenville team and she's playing the other night and she was getting it. I mean, she had, it was early second quarter and she had nine points already, like two steals, two rebounds. She was really getting after it. And she, she come down the middle and, and stepped on another girl's foot and sprained her ankle really bad and uh, couldn't even hardly walk um, for, for several days, you know, it swelled up and black and blue the whole nine yards, whatever that means. And, uh, you know, if you, so, so because of just her ankle, it was just her ankle, now Elizabeth can't run and jump and play anymore for a little while. Now she can. She's all healed up, praise the Lord, running and jumping and playing again, right? But, but she couldn't for a little while, but but her other ankle was fine, and her wrists were fine, and her elbows were fine, and her neck joint was fine, and her, everything else was working, but there was just one little ankle that was off, and because that one little ankle was off, everything else was off, and she couldn't do what she loves to do, couldn't, she couldn't even do it, because one little thing was off, and then this other interesting thing took place, her... Uh, it was her left ankle, her right knee began to hurt. Her right knee began to hurt because now her, 
right leg and ankle and knee were having to, were, were having to make up for this one part that was, that was a little bit off. Just, just that much of her. You know, just that little bit of her ankle. Now, not only is that hurting her, but her knee's hurting her and messed up because, because it's all connected, all apart, and when one part's missing or off, everything else is thrown out of balance. Everything else is thrown uh, out, of, out of whack so that, uh, so that uh, she loves to run and jump and play, and she wasn't able to run and jump and play. Now, I think we see this um, in, in John 10.10, 10, so I want us to look at that again uh, this morning. It's such an important part of, of the church, uh, and, uh, and especially our church, uh, Life Change Church. John 10.10, 10, you, you know this well. Um, we'll look at the NIV version of it, and then we'll look at the King James version of it as well, um, because I think both of these help us get a, a really good full picture of what is being uh, said. Uh, so, so Jesus speaking says this, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So I know you remember this passage of scripture, uh, but, the, but there's this reminder that we need to, that we need to uh, pay attention to where Jesus not only gives his purpose, but he gives the purpose of the enemy. And the purpose of the enemy uh, is uh, only to steal, kill, and destroy. And then, but then Jesus really helps us when he shows us his purpose. That his purpose is that, that we might have life and have it to uh, the full. Now, that's, Im- that's important for us uh, for several reasons. One of them is, uh, who are we called to focus on? Who are we called to follow? Who are we called to take as our example? Uh, who are we called to run the race as he ran the race? Who are we, who are we disciples of? Jesus. He, he is, he's the one that we fix our eyes on. Uh, he's the one that has called us. He's the one that we follow. We are his disciples. So if his purpose is that we might have life and have it to the full, then, then our purpose as we come to Jesus and walk with Jesus and follow after Jesus needs to every day become more and more life, that abundant, that full, not only for ourselves, but for others as well. Now, the King James says it, you're, you're familiar with it, but let's see it on the screen anyway. The King James says it uh, like this, says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus says, I've come that you, you, you might have life that's abundant, but it's even, it's even, he says, it's even bigger than that. It's more abundantly. I want you to have not only abundant life, but, but life that's more abundantly. Now, when you bring that together with the NIV, the NIV talks about a full life. I think you get this picture that, that of not only abundance, but of completeness. That there is a that there is a a a need for several things in life to all be in the pot, if you will. You got to have. You got to have all the ingredients in the pot. It's got to be whole and complete. And then Jesus wants it not only all of it to be there, but he wants it to be uh, abundant and more abundantly. It's got to be full, complete, and then abundant. That's the kind of life that Jesus wants for us to have. That's the kind of life that he came that we uh, would have. And Jesus recognizes that, uh, that there are things in the way that God has made us that we absolutely must have, that we absolutely must need, if those, that we need, if those things are missing, then abundant life is off. It's not right. It's not, it's not abundant. It's not full. It's not what it needs to be. The enemy recognizes that as well. That's why one of the things that he wants to do is steal, right? He wants to come and, if you will, steal many things, but, but one of the things he wants to steal from us are some of the ingredients out of the pot, if you like that analogy. If you don't, try to think of another and text it to me, and I may, I may see it and add it. Um, probably not, though. Mm. But I could add it in next Sunday, or, or next 
you know, or Wednesday night. And anyway, it's a hard room this morning. Mm. Thank you, thank you. A little, little something. Um, so the enemy comes to steal from us these things that we need. Now I've told you this, but let's let's remember uh, for a moment um, some of the ingredients that are absolutely essential to full abundant life. They've they've got to be in the pot. Otherwise, it's not full. Otherwise, it's not abundant. Life is, is off then, which is one of the things that a lot of Christians are struggling with. They're, they, there's something missing. There's something off. There's something wrong. They can't really identify it. They know it's there, but, and because, that's, because the enemy's kind of robbed that from them, they're struggling in different areas and life's not abundant and full like it ought to be, but they can't figure it out. Well, here's probably the issue. One or maybe even more of the necessary ingredients for abundant life, the enemy's stolen from you. He's robbed it from you. So let me give them to you um, again this morning. Uh, we'll, we'll list four of them. You could probably add some more. Um, but, but these are four that I know you've got to have. Uh, and, uh, and we can remember them all because we'll start them all with an F. Uh, one is forever, uh, right? If, if it's going to be abundant life, it's got to be forever life. Okay, that's why atheists will, ever, will never have abundant life because they don't believe in forever and, and many other reasons as well. But that's one of them, right? The, if, if forever's missing, then it's off. It's not abundant. It's not full. It's not the life that Jesus wants to bring. Jesus can bring forever life, but only he can bring forever life. Two is is freedom. There, there's got to be uh, freedom uh, for there to be abundant life. If there's not freedom, if, if you throw freedom out of the pot, then something's off, something's missing, it's not right, and you're not, you'll not have abundant life, and you'll know it. You'll recognize it. You might not be able to identify why, but you'll recognize that it's not there, that something's missing, something's broken, something's not right. Uh, third uh, is, is friendship. There, there's got to be Beautiful relationships for there to be abundant life. You, you can't take that out of the pot. That's a necessary ingredient of abundant life. If it's not there, then you're going to be off. And, and again, remember, when, when your ankle's off, it affects everything else, right? Your ankle's off and it's hurt. All of a sudden, your knee starts hurting. Everything gets out of balance. Everything gets out of, out of whack. Everything gets a little bit off just because one thing is, is missing. Fourth is... Uh, is fruitfulness. Now, fruitfulness is, is got to be a part of the, it's a necessary ingredient, or, or we could look at it as vision, or, or mission, or purpose. So this is incredibly important for us to talk about purpose, because if the enemy robs from you purpose, you're going to be off. You're not going to be right and it's going to affect every part of your life so that you're not able to run and jump and play like Jesus wants you to be able to run and jump and play. You're not going to have the abundant life that he has for you. Now, I think, I think purpose may be one of the things, fruitfulness may be one of the things that many Christians think are, are questionable about. They think, you know, I think I might be, could do without that one. You know, I, the forever has got to be in the pot. The freedom's got to be in the pot. The friendships have got to be in the pot. But, but fruitfulness, purpose, I think I could take that one out. That, that probably doesn't have to be there for me to have a, a rich, beautiful, full, abundant life. But you're wrong. If, if you were to believe that or think that, you're wrong and you'll know it because you'll, you'll be messed up and not able to run and jump and play like you ought to. You, there'll be something off and missing and out of whack. So, so you've got to have purpose. It's got to be in the mix. It's got to be one of the ingredients. So when all of those are in there, all of those are in your life, then there's a fullness that comes to life. There's a beauty and abundance that comes to life. And, and the more that you grow in Christ and in these, and in these uh, ingredients, if you will, of abundant life, the more life becomes abundant, more abundantly, the more it, it grows and grows and grows. Now, uh, 
I don't want to get too far off into this, but just let me add into this that the, that the enemy is a thief and a liar and a deceiver, and he's good at it, and so he'll try to come and deceive you to steal that from your pot, and, 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 and one of the ways he does that is to make you think that it's in your pot, to make you, to, to make you think that you've got freedom there when really you've only got some kind of artificial freedom there. Or fruitfulness there when really you've only got some kind of artificial fruitfulness there. Like, allow you to have purpose in the pot, but not be the purpose that God has for you. So, you, so you're doing and working and laboring and you're on purpose, but it's not, it's not the purpose of Christ. Right? It's, it's not in any way, or maybe not in, in the way that it needs to be, uh, bringing abundant life to others. Your purpose, at the end of the day, uh, needs to be to glorify God, God to be glorified, and others' lives to be changed. It's glory to God and abundant life for others. So the enemy, you know, try to get people to, to have purpose, but not to have the purpose that is the real fruitfulness, the real purpose, and then things are off a little bit. Or uh, freedom's another good uh, example, right? He'll try to, try to counterfeit freedom in there so that you think you've got freedom in the pot, but it's not actually freedom. Like, like a freedom is thought of uh, in our day and age and culture is, is the right to just do what I want to do. And if I got the right to do what I want to do, that's freedom, Right? I'm free, I can do whatever I want to do. That, that's, the enemy would love for you to believe that and want you to have that in the pot as one of the ingredients. Freedom is not the right to do whatever we want to do. Uh, that leads to bondage. Right? It's, it's the, it's, you know, I, I want to do whatever I want to do, uh, so I'm going to go do drugs, and drugs enslave you. So you're, you know, you're free to go do that, but then the drugs enslave you so that you're not free. Freedom is not the right to do whatever I want to do. Freedom is the power to do what's right. It's the power to do what I ought to do. And then when we have that, then we're free. So not only do you have to have the, these ingredients in there, but, but they've got to be authentic, real, from Christ. It's in Christ that we find freedom that is real. It's in Christ that we find purpose, purpose that is real. So, so this morning, I'd, I'd like to really focus on that, on the, on the fruitfulness, on the purpose, uh, the vision, the mission, the purpose, and, um, and, and that's important for all of us because if we don't have it, we're off. Full, abundant life is not what it ought to be. It's not what it should be. And, and one of the best ways for us to bring abundant life to others is for us to be enjoying it ourselves. We're living in it, and so we can bring it to others, and that's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us to uh, enjoy it, and he wants us to be moving and working uh, for abundant life uh, for others. So, uh, so, our, so our church, Life Change Church, uh, vision, mission, purpose, whichever word you'd like uh, right there, is, is we want to be a life-changing church. We want to see Others' lives changed. We want to we see this happening. Them uh, finding life in Christ and having it abundant and more abundantly. Full, rich, uh, beautiful uh, life. So let me remind you of, a, of, of two things. We, wanna, uh, we believe that takes place. And by the way, if you need life change, um, you know, if you're looking at life right now at the beginning of the year and you're thinking, you know, I need some life change, then let me give you these two suggestions. If, if you need life change, then change your connections and change your choices. If you change your connections, you change your choices, you'll change your life. Now you, now you could change your connections for the wrong and your choices for the wrong and change your life for the wrong, but it'll change. So what we want to do is we want to make right connections and right choices. And we want to help others make right connections. And we want to help them make right choices. And again, best way we can do that is for us to be making right connections and for us to be making right choices. Um, you guys know the definition of insanity, right? You know, if, if nothing changes, nothing changes. You keep on doing the same thing and expect different results, that's, that's insanity. 
Right? So if, if, if there's a need for life change, then you've got to look at your connections and you've got to look at your choices. And when you are making right life-changing connections and right life-changing choices, your life will shift and change. There's, a, there's seven choices that I like for us to, to make. I, I love these because they are, they are a win-win. In other words, they're going to work to bring abundant life to you, and they're going to work to bring abundant life uh, to others. Um, some of you have heard me talk about these time and time again. Some this may be, you know, the first time. Uh, so I'll, I'll list them out. Uh, simple here, uh, and, and then we're just going to focus in on one. I'm not going to do all seven. I'm just going to list the seven, and then we'll focus in on one. Um, one, I don't really have these in an order, but, but, we'll, but, but one we'll, we'll say is pray. It's a, it's a life-changing choice to pray. Change your life. It'll change the lives of others. Uh, two is to attend. Uh, nobody believes me, but it's life-changing to attend church. One of, the, one of the most life-changing choices that, that you'll make that's so easy is to faithfully attend church. And uh, I love it because not only will it bless you and change your life, but it'll bless and change the lives of others uh, for generations to come. Uh, three uh, is to invite. Uh, just you know, just to, to make the choice uh, to, to invite others to come attend church with you. Um, Four uh, is, to, is to give uh, this wonderful life-changing choice, uh, this gift that God has given us to where we can give, uh, certainly financially, but in many other ways as well. Uh, and our gift uh, transforms our lives and changes the lives of others. That's one of the things I, I, I do love about money is that I can give it to the kingdom and that simple act will change lives all over the world. Like I can give money to missionaries and that preach proclaims the gospel in places that I'll never go. I love that. Uh, five uh, is, to, is to serve, uh, to, to work, help serve in some way uh, in the church. Uh, and, and so many of you are so good at that. Um, that that's life-changing for, for you. It's life-changing for others. Six uh, is to encourage. Um, to, uh, we, we've got such a gift from the Lord uh, in our mouths. We can speak life or we can speak death. We can encourage or we can discourage. And when we come together as the body of Christ, coming out of our mouth should be uh, encouragement. Uh, and uh, and that's going to that's gonna transform your life and change the lives of others. Uh, seven. Uh, seven. Is, uh, is to choose the attitude of Christ. Everywhere we go and all that we do, to, to go and, and do it with a Christ-like attitude, especially when we attend church on Sunday. How powerful is it uh, when the people of God come together uh, making these seven life-changing choices? It'd be very, very uh, powerful. You make, these, you make these choices with diligence, with faithfulness, it's going to change, transform uh, your life. And then... There's uh, four life-changing connections. Let me remind you of these four uh, life-changing connections. One is a connection to God's person, to God the three-in-one, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a life-changing connection. Two is a connection to God's people. Uh, That's the church, making sure that you're connected with uh, the saints. Uh, three, a connection to God's promises. That's His Word. Making sure that we are connected and deeply to the Holy Scriptures, to the promises of God, to His Word. And then four, uh, really lands on what we're talking about today, uh, is God's purpose. We want to make sure that we are connected to God's purpose, that we are involved uh, in doing what God is up to, what He is doing, uh, that, uh, that we are serving His uh, purpose. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that that's what we're created to do, that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. And when we are and when we are serving and, and, and operating in our purpose, there is rich, full, abundant life found in that. When, when you're not, 
Something's going to be off. It's going to be missing. And it's going to affect every other area of uh, your uh, life. Now again, uh, we are Jesus' disciples. And what we see Jesus doing, we should do. And when we read the Gospels, we see Jesus moving and changing lives. He's doing exactly this. Wherever he goes, he's bringing life and that more abundantly, right? That's the purpose I want to align with, uh, not the enemies. I don't want to be living in such a way that I'm, I'm helping the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. I want to be living in such a way uh, that I am, that I am uh, helping the plan and purpose of, of Christ to bring life and that more abundantly. So let me read. Uh, I want to drop into Matthew uh, here and, and show you um, two places uh, where, where Jesus talks about where it talks about what Jesus is up to, what he's doing. So let's look at Matthew 9. We'll see two of our life-changing choices in these. Matthew 9, 35. Um, and we'll focus in on one of them. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Now what is he doing here? Everywhere Jesus is going, he is about the purpose of changing lives. He is about the purpose of bringing abundant life to everyone he comes in contact with. We see him teaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. I'd just like to highlight, you know, if anyone's forgotten that the, that the news of the kingdom is good news. The news that the kingdom of God has come is good news. The gospel of Jesus is good news. We live in a time where we could use some good news, don't we? I don't even watch the news anymore because it's not good. And what does it do to you? When it's not good, it runs you down and discourages you, frustrates you and angers you, turns Jason into somebody I don't really even want to be, consumes my thoughts on things I don't want to be thinking about. We, we need some good news. And Jesus dropped down into a time that was in need of some good news, so what did he do? He gave it. He went around and he spread the good news. And in this day, we still have good news. We've got good news that needs to be proclaimed. He, he went around healing, preaching, spreading the good news, healing diseases and sicknesses. And then verse 36, he says, it says this, it says, when he, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He's not upset with them. He's got compassion on them because, because he realizes that they are, they are harassed and helpless because they're sheep without a shepherd, and he wants to change that. He recognizes that the crowd is, is, is uh, living in the land of steal, kill, and destroy, and he came to change it. He came to call them up out of that. He came to put an end to it so that they would enter into the life and that, that is full and beautiful and abundant that is found in him. So he has compassion on them, preaches the good news, is healing their diseases because he recognizes that the enemy is still killing and destroying and that's not what he wants for them. No, that's, that's not his desire. You, you know, as... And you're probably experiencing this more and more. But as you respond to the, to the call from our Savior to follow Him, more and more, there's compassion that grows in your heart. More and more, you look at others and you see that they're being, that they're being affected by the plan of the enemy, that He's stealing, killing, and destroying. And what you want for them is not more of that. What you want for them is to be rescued from that 
and to come into the life and that more abundantly that is found in Christ Jesus. And maybe you're saying, well, pastor, what do we do? Well, I just listed off seven choices and four connections that'll change lives if we'll do them. Now, I believe it. You say, man, you preach about these a lot. It's because I believe in them, and I'm not seeing them done. You guys are. But a lot of people aren't who are believers in Christ, and we need to because they'll change lives. Here, here we're about to bump into to one of them as we go on in this story. Then he said to his disciples, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. How many of you, you could say amen to that? The harvest is plentiful, right? There's, there's a lot of people out there harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The enemy is stealing, killing, and destroying, and it's heartbreaking to watch it happen. But we do have some good news. And, and we might just be called to proclaim it. It says the harvest is plentiful, but what's the problem? Workers are few. And there's, a, there's a big old field. There's plenty, of, there's plenty of people out there harassed and helpless. That's not the problem. The problem is there's not a lot of people working on proclaiming the good news to the people that are, that are under the influence of the enemy and having everything stolen, killed, and destroyed. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Verse 38. So then what does Jesus say? He says, Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. What, what's one of the small, easy things we can do? Life-changing choice. Pray. Here we see it right here. Jesus says, there's, there's a lot to do. There's not a lot of people to do it. We need more people to do it, so what should we do? We should pray. We should pray, and, and our prayers are powerful, and our prayers work. And when we pray and ask God for workers, he's going to raise them up for the harvest field if we'll just pray. One of the things that, that we're to do as workers is to make the life-changing choice to pray. You know, more and more as I hopefully mature and grow in Christ, I'm recognizing that, that a major, major part of what I'm called to do is pray. And a major part of it is to pray and ask God for workers to go out into the field and work. Well, somebody pray with me. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. I'm not even asking you to go. I'm just asking you to pray. Just pray that God will raise them up and send them. You see, it's, it's a life-changing, easy choice that we can make that makes a huge difference. I'm going to pray for workers to go out into the field. Now, another uh, time that Jesus speaks about, about what he's doing is found in, um, in Matthew 11. Just, just, we'll, we'll just skip chapter 10 for a moment. We'll roll into 11. We'll jump right back into 10. Um, Jesus here is, John the Baptist is in prison. John's a little bit confused about why he's in prison. There's, you know, he's he's kind of like looking at the fields and the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few and I'm in prison. That's kind of John's, what he's thinking here. You know, he's like, man, I want to, I want to be out in the field working I got people out there that are that are free to go do it, and they're not doing it. I want to be out there doing it, and here I am in prison. And, and so he's messed up about it. So he so he sends Jesus a message. Verse one it says, after Jesus had finished instructing the twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. What, what's he still doing? He's teaching. He's preaching. He's proclaiming the good news. When John, who was in prison, heard about, the, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? 
And Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. It's just life change again. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. He said, he said tell John this. Okay, this, this reveals me more than anything else. Go, go and tell him this. Tell him I'm spreading full, abundant life everywhere I go. Lives are being changed. The, the lame are walking, leprosy is being cleansed, the blind are receiving sight, the deaf are hearing, the dead are raised. The good news is proclaimed to the poor. John, because you see all these things taking place, John, you, you got to recognize that that's, that that's evidence that I am the Christ, that I am the Messiah, because life change is taking place everywhere uh, that I go. Now, if we go back to uh, Matthew chapter 10, what we're going to find here uh, in Matthew chapter 10 is that, is that not only is Jesus doing this, but Jesus in Matthew 10 is going to commission his apostles to do this as well, and, and that that rolls right down to us. His now disciples are to also do this. Let me read Matthew 10. We'll start here at verse 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. He's, he's anointing them and gifting them with what they need to go and do the things that he's calling them to do. Because they're to be people of purpose. Because that's who God's people are. Maybe we should like write that down. God's people are people of purpose. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, uh, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. We know these guys. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Uh, Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Jesus sending these guys out to do the things that he does as, as we are called to do the things that he does. He says, do not go uh, among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Uh, go rather to the lost sheep of Israel, and, and, and really, you, if you study this out, just, you know, disclaimer here, uh, this is really, um, in, in the language, not necessarily to, not to go to Gentile people, but to, but to go to the, Israel, the Israeli lands uh, first uh, there, because they were going to first go there, but we know that Jesus' purpose uh, is to open the door of the gospel to the Gentiles, the Samaritans, the Israelites, and all people everywhere. Um. Verse 7, as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. He says, as you go, uh, proclaim the message of the kingdom of heaven. Preach that the kingdom's here, right? And we've already remembered and been reminded that that's good news. That Jesus proclaiming the kingdom is proclaiming good news. So, so here, not only is Jesus doing it, but Jesus is now uh, telling the disciples to go and proclaim good news, to go and spread life change wherever they go. And, and then he ends that ends that instruction with this powerful word from our Savior. He says, freely you have received, freely give. He says, you, you have received the message of the kingdom. I came to you and preached to you good news without charge. I, I'm the one who ran you down and found you. He's the one that called Matthew out of the tax collector booth. He's the one who searched him out and found him and preached to him the good news of the kingdom and Matthew freely received it. 
And now that he has freely received it, what is he to do? Hold on to it. Keep it for himself. Never tell a soul. Never let anyone else know. No, he has freely received it. So now that he's freely received it, he freely gives. So here again, we've, we've bumped into one of our life-changing choices. It's the choice to give. And this morning, I want to remind you of the opportunity that we have to give and encourage you to give. And not only to give, but what you have freely received, freely, joyfully, richly, abundantly give. And I want you to, I think you ought to give your money. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But money's not the only thing we give. But we can give money and in doing so, proclaim the kingdom of God. But here we see an emphasis on the giving of the gospel. On the proclaiming of the word of God. Of making a choice to what you have freely received. To freely give. To let what has flown to you flow out of you. To be a conduit of the good news of the gospel. To be a disciple of Christ. Proclaiming that there is life and freedom and salvation found in our Savior. We have freely received this good news. Let's be a people that freely give the good news of the gospel to everyone because we live in a dark time in need of some good news. Now, I know it's difficult because not everybody recognizes it as good news. But that's not up to us, right? We're called to just freely give it. To freely let it flow as we have freely received. To freely give. To be a giving people. I think there's, there may kind of be this question like John the Baptist had. Like, are, are, are you the church? Or, or should we expect another church? You know, times aren't looking exactly like we think. And, and, and where is the church? Where, where is it? Should, should we look for another? And our response should be, hey, wait a minute. The gospel's being proclaimed. The good news is being preached. Life change is taking place. Let this be a sign to you that we are the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The church of our Savior looks like our Savior. A life-changing church. And a huge part of that is life-changing people who have freely received the gospel and are freely giving the gospel, letting it come and letting it freely flow, knowing the reality that the people are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The enemy is steal, stealing and killing and destroying that it's all around us, but there is good news. There's freedom and life and salvation found in Christ where we can come to him and be liberated from the enemy and brought into the glorious, wonderful, abundant life of the people of God. Isn't that good news? Let's freely let it flow. And we'll find that what Jesus said, quoted by Paul in Acts 20, is true. That it's not only life-changing for others, but it's life-changing for us as well. That it is more blessed to give than to receive. We'll find that what Jesus said is true in Luke chapter 6. What is it, verse 35? Where he says that, that when we give, it's going to be given back to us. Pressed down, shaken together, poured out, overflowing. That when we freely receive 
and we freely give, that not only do we bless others, but we are blessed upon blessed upon blessed upon blessed ourselves. Life-changing choice to give. Changes and transforms lives and changes and transforms ours. Give Freely give your money. Freely give forgiveness. Freely, freely give the gospel. Freely give the good news. And watch the good news change and transform the lives of others. Let the light of Christ shine out of you. Let it come flowing out of every part of you. Be a messenger of the good news of the gospel. This year, 2022, there's a lot of bad news. There's a lot of hurting people. But we have good news. And that good news changes everything. Have you ever seen anywhere in Scripture where Jesus goes and he's received and things don't shift and change? When Jesus goes and he's received, when he's proclaimed and believed in, life change takes place. The enemy is cut off. His purposes are stopped and abundant life comes. And that is a beautiful and wonderful thing. And if you think for a moment, man, I had a small part in that. That is a huge part of the blessing of abundant life that comes to us when we freely give as we have freely received. Will you pray with me? Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes and just focus in on the Lord for a moment. As we as we pray together, I'd just like for the Lord to I'd just like to pray that He just refresh this in us. That we'd that we'd just be giving vessels. And then let's also pray for him to, for the Lord to raise up more workers that have freely received and will freely give as well. For the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Lord, we just come to you this morning. Uh, we're thankful for, you know, nothing, nothing that we hadn't heard before today, Lord, but we're thankful for the reminder We're thankful for the, for the reminder that in you is life. That John 14, 6 is true. That you are the way, the truth, and the life, and the only one. No one comes to the Father except through you. That yes, it's true that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes, that's true. But it is also true that you have come that we might have life and that more abundantly. And the purposes of the enemy are not victorious over your purposes and plans. Lord, we know we live in a time where there's just bad news all around us. Many, many people are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. But you've come to change that. And you've given us that good news to proclaim. Most everyone here, I'm sure, Lord, has freely received it. It'd be wrong of us. Shame on us. If we freely receive it but refuse to freely give it. Because we have freely received it, Lord, help us to freely give and be vessels, each and every one of us, who go out into the darkness and shine the light of Christ. Or another way of thinking about it is who go out into the bad news and proclaim the good news.
Let the good news come up out of this church, out of this congregation. Let the good news come up out of every life-giving, life-changing church in the United States of America. Let the good news come up out of this country and flood to the whole world. Hallelujah. Freely we have received, let it freely flow out of us, Lord. Stir our hearts to preach the good news, to shine the light of Christ. Let it come out, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, we, we read your scripture this morning. That reminds us that there's a lot to do and not a lot of people to do it. And that we should ask you for workers, for preachers, for laborers. So right now, Lord, we ask, raise them up, Lord Jesus. Raise them up, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray you'd stir the hearts of all believers who have freely received to get in the game and to begin to freely give. To be a part of the work and proclaim the good news of the gospel. To go out and labor into the fields, Lord Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone's still in prayer. Let me just ask this morning, if you've not freely received, if you've not trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord, and you're here and you would like to, or you're watching online or listening to this podcast and you would like to, just raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Let's pray together. Just everyone repeating after me. Lord Jesus, I hear the good news that you are Savior and Lord, that you are freedom, that you are life. And I open up my heart and I ask you to come in and be my Savior, my Lord. I receive your forgiveness. I freely receive you, Lord Jesus, as Savior and Lord, my forever passion. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus.